0: Oh good day, mate. Forty here. So, please don't pay any attention to the thunderstorm going on in the background here. So, Sydney weather is something else. It was a beautiful sunny day. I was down at the, the beach. The beach was filled, like the first like blue sky sunny day since I've been here. And now it's it's there's a thunderstorm outside. So at least I got in a good swim. Uh, no more topless topless beauties on the beaches so in the australia i grew up in in the 1970s about quarter of the the young women on the beach would be topless but uh but they've covered up the tops but boy there sure isn't much to the bottoms i mean the, the bottoms are just a piece of string not that i was noticing i mean they're they're quite a few very attractive young women in very flimsy bottoms who I wanted to talk to about the, the great importance of modesty. But uh, I thought I'd just play it cool and I'd come here and I'd talk to you about the great importance of, of modesty. So if you're if you're going to the beach, don't just, you know, wear a piece of string to cover up your backsides, all right? So one of the most important books of the past uh 20 years is called Bowling Alone by Robert Putnam. He noticed as America becomes more diverse, that means Americans have less in common with each other. And guess what happens when Americans have less in common with each other? As Americans become more diverse, they have less trust in each other. They feel less comfortable socializing with each other. They have less willingness to sacrifice for each other. And they tend to lead lives that are more insular. So people go to work and then they go home and watch TV. But in Sydney, particularly in the eastern suburbs, right, people seem to have a lot in common. I mean, I just love the experience of using public transport in, in, in Sydney. It's a perfectly pleasant experience. You, you, it's easy to get along with people. Like you, you walk into the, the lavish public restroom facilities in Sydney and you can meet new friends are taking a leak. Like you go to the beach and you can have a chat because uh, Australia is a cohesive, you know, far more uh, homogeneous society than the United States of America. So England and Australia have always been more cohesive and homogeneous than than the United States. So there's just a high quality of life here in Sydney. There's almost no crime. And I went bowling last night and I did not go bowling alone. And I don't give a toss about bowling right? As far as the things that interest me, bowling is not on them. I've never thought about bowling. I've only gone bowling once before. That's, I think, my brother wanted us to do something together as as a family, so we all went bowling about 20 years ago. Right? That's the only time in my life that I went bowling, and I think it was... Uh, <laughs> I don't remember my father was particularly into bowling. So... I, I decided, I'm just saying yes on this Sydney trip. Like, every time someone invites me, I'm just saying yes, as long as it's not illegal or immoral or against the Torah. Man, the rain's coming down. It rains as much in Sydney as in London. So, yeah, much to Robert Putnam's chagrin, his left-wing views about the beauties of multiculturalism, well, it turned out that uh, all that diversity destroyed social cohesion and social trust and and diversity leads to bowling alone but i wasn't bowling alone last night i was bowling with 50 other jews here in sydney and i had a blast now i am incredibly sore i had no idea uh, these muscles that i've got in my legs i i don't know why my my thigh muscles leg muscles hamstrings are just killing me today and i was just bowling I i bowled three games i think my first game was a 91 then my second game was a 142 and then I think my third game was, was at 192, so I steadily got better. But, man, I have a heck of a hard time just getting in and out of a chair. Whoa. Yeah, I can come down, come down, then right right about there. Oh, man. So that's the thing getting older. I'm 55 now, so, so do anything new and uh, the muscles start aching. But it was great. I was bowling with 50 other Jews. There were blunts, there were sheilas, there were oldies, there were youngies. It was great fun. Like, it was a way to meet people, it was a way to bond. Uh, like, you do anything with a group, and it's tops. It, it's like, you know, walking a mile on your own. All right, it's, uh, it's not necessarily a particularly fun experience, you know, particularly if you don't have headphones, right, if you can't be distracted by something. But you walk a mile with a friend. It just goes by like that. All right, walking five miles on your own can be quite onerous without headphones, without distraction. But you walk five miles with friends and it, time just flies by. Everything goes better with friends. And so, I mean, whether it's, it's bowling or going to the beach or going for a walk. I'm going for a walk with uh, new friends t- tomorrow morning. So I've been going out to eat with, with friends. I've been hiking around Sydney. Yeah, Luke, I'm happy for you. I can tell you're really living in the moment. Yeah, I, I'm having a blast. And went to the rabbi's home for, for lunch. I went to the park for, for a barbie for the eighth day of Hanukkah. And I've been working on my rugby league skills and my Aussie rules football schools, skills. So uh, the rugby league ball is a bit bigger than the American gridiron football. Uh, So I was kicking around the uh, rugby league ball, uh, building up my skills, and it's a blast because you're you're with mates. You're with friends. So if people want to create societies where we're not bowling alone, then maybe it's a good thing that people have things in common, right? The more you have in common, wow, that rain is coming down. The more you have in common... Easier everything gets, the better everything gets, uh, the easier it is to make sacrifices for for other people. Like someone went and picked me up to go bowling and then took me home, all right, because we have things in common, right? If if you're watching the Bathurst, I think the the Bathurst 1,000 kilometer road race was was on Sunday, and it's not something that I particularly give a toss about, but if I'm watching it with mates, all right, then it becomes interesting. The, the group strategy outcompetes the individual strategy. We, we need other people. And so it just felt so good not to be bowling alone. It felt so good to just go to the beach. And, uh, and here's what I love about the beaches in Sydney as compared to the beaches in Los Angeles. When you go to the beach in Sydney, nobody is wearing their T-shirt into the water. Right? You go to the beach in Los Angeles and a lot of the people are wearing shirts into the water. Right, Hardly any fat people in Sydney beaches. You go to beaches in Los Angeles, a ton of fat people. And when you walk down the sidewalk in the eastern suburbs of Sydney and the central business district of, of Sydney, there's a lot more room on the sidewalk. Why? Because there aren't that many fat people very few fat people so you can just walk along you can jog along you can carry on conversations you can meet people you can have your headphones in and you're not going to get bowled over by some 300 pounder right not a lot of fat so's on the eastern suburbs so yeah yeah I'm, i'm having a good time i'm thinking about staying here i'm talking to all my friends to see what i might be missing And uh, it's just, I just feel like there's a higher quality of life here. For me. Uh, I mean, I I like getting on public transport where it's a pleasant experience. Do you have a pleasant experience riding public transport? Like, does the bus driver look like you? Like, when I go through public transport, ride the bus, ride the train, the, the driver looks like me. Right? When I get off the plane in Australia and I'm going through customs, I don't feel like I'm the enemy. Right? The people who process me in customs are just like me. When I walk along the beach, the people look like me. They sound like me. We have common interests. We dress similarly. Right? We've got uh, the ashes coming up. The cricket going on against uh, England next week starts in Brisbane at the Gabba. Right? And uh, the nation can, can unite around the cricket. I've never once felt unsafe, like anywhere, anywhere I've been in Sydney. Like never felt any sense of menace or threat or like some screaming, madhead, insane, yelling, uh, homeless person. Uh, you know, n- no one asking for a dollar on public transport, you know, underlain by you know, some kind of massive threat. And uh, pretty much everyone speaks English. So I'd say the people I've encountered... speak English perfectly nicely. In Los Angeles, half the population doesn't speak English. So I'm going out pretty much every day, hanging out with new mates, uh, going out to all the nice kosher restaurants and vegetarian restaurants. And uh, yeah, there are a lot of non religious synagogues, non religious Orthodox synagogues in Sydney because it's, it's mateship, right? Orthodox Jewish Synagogue in Australia is mateship. Orthodox Jewish Synagogue anywhere is a great place to find mateship because Orthodox Judaism, you segregate the sexes. So when you're just around blokes, you can let your hair down. See, I've been letting my hair down. Oh, I've lost five pounds. So I came here, I was 169, so now I'm at 164. Now I'm walking about five or six miles a day, swimming in the ocean. And yeah, it's great. Like in Orthodox Judaism, you can let your hand out because you, you're primarily just around other blokes, and you can talk with an honesty and and a directness, and you can you, you can use phrases and expressions that you can't use around the sheilas. So that's one thing I love about Orthodox Judaism is that it provides a you know, plentiful opportunity to just be with the blokes, and it's just so relaxing being around blokes because blokes are just tops, right? Yeah, in Las Vegas, about two-thirds speak English. Yeah, uh, how are you going to build social trust? Now, when you're out and about and mixing with people, there, there are some people you obviously don't want to bring into your life, right? So people who bring misery and unhappiness into their life with their destructive actions and their unsettling effect on others, you, obviously you want to keep your distance. So I'm reading a good book by Robert Greene, The Daily Laws, 366 Meditations on Power seduction, mastery, strategy, and human nature. What is a Sheila? Sheila is Aussie slang for women, for females. So it's a great thing if we could help the unhappy and the unfortunate, you know, people who are addicted to under-earning or to debting or to under-achieving, right? But uh, what's most likely going to happen is that they're going to infect you. Right? You, you, you've got to be able to smell the stench of addiction and under-earning and, and debting and stench of addiction on other people. And unless people are in recovery, then you, we have to keep our, our distance. Because what usually happens when we allow dysfunctional people into our lives is that their patterns get inside of us and they infect us and they change us. And you can die from someone else's misery. right? Because emotional states are every bit as infectious as diseases. Like you may feel like you're helping a... A drowning man, but often you're only precipitating your own disaster. Right? You can recognize people who are addicts and infectious by the misfortune that they draw on themselves, on their turbulent past, their long list of broken relationships, their unstable careers, the very nature of their character, which kind of sweeps you up and makes you lose your reason. So watch out for the infector see the discontent in their eyes smell the stench of their under earning and their compulsions and the chaos that they sow and don't take pity don't enmesh yourself in trying to help the infector will remain unchanged but you will be unhinged so people sometimes draw misfortune on themselves but they will also draw it on you so in general associate with happy people like, I'm a happy guy. You come on this stream and you don't leave it less happy. Right? You, you come on this stream and it's either going to have no effect on your happiness level or you might get a little bit of a boost or a bump. But most live streamers and, and most uh, journalists, I notice, they traffic in negative drama. Like, isn't this awful? They, they peddle to you outrage porn. And uh, that doesn't make you happier and it doesn't make you more effective in life. It does give you a powerful feeling of righteousness about how your side's been aggrieved, but it doesn't doesn't make you more effective at dealing with life. So I've got some breaking news. The Justice Department has closed a second investigation into the infamous 1955 killing of Emmett Till, and they have failed to prove a key witness lied, and they don't really know who killed him. Looking at Steve Saylor's blog, Stalin's pronouns, who, 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 <laughs> so, CNN has an interesting special on Charlottesville. Has anyone seen it? So, CNN special report White Power on Trial Return to Charlottesville. It aired on December 5 on CNN. So CNN correspondent L. Reeve returns to the scene of the deadly and violent Unite the Right white supremacist rally in Charlottesville and talks to defendants in a federal civil suit, including Richard Spencer, about their roles that weekend. So this is an example of you could probably find you know, somewhere in the, the literature or the propaganda for this program, like you could probably find some good reasons to be there. But a wise and sage person would have stayed the hell away from that sort of event. So even if you were a wise and sage person, you end up at that event. You get contaminated by all the wackos and the crazies at that that event. So when I go to like a Jewish barbecue here in Sydney for, for the community, it's filled with lots of security guards, right? There's, there's no like law breaking and uh, bad behavior going on, and uh, people know each other. And you know, there, if you're new, then you have to you have to kind of register and, and show your identification, show your proof of vaccination. So there are all sorts of people and all sorts of events where you get caught up and it is just absolutely toxic for you, right? So you may have had very good, rational, reasonable, responsible reasons for going to that rally in Charlottesville, but that doesn't matter if you're going to be there around a lot of bad actors, around a lot of socially destructive people, that's just going to pull you down. So... You may agree with certain personalities, but given the trajectory of their lives and the, you know, the, the toxic nature of their personalities, you don't want to associate with them, even if you agree with them. Like often, really bad people will take on a dissident cause, right? Normally, responsible people don't take on dissident causes. Sometimes dissident causes are correct, whether it's on the left or the right. Sometimes the dissidents are right. And. And even if the dissidents are right, if they're socially maladjusted, if they're antisocial, if they're toxic, if they're narcissistic, if they tend to bring misfortune and chaos in their wake, then even if you agree with them, you still want to avoid them because they're just going to drag you down. So you're saying that your surroundings affect your mental well-being. Yes. So you're saying you feel happier and more comfortable in Sydney than in Los Angeles. Yes. I feel happy and I feel comfortable in Los Angeles. I feel happier and more comfortable in Sydney. So I am not running away from Los Angeles. I have synagogues in Los Angeles that I love. I have rabbis in Los Angeles that I love. I have people in Los Angeles that I love. I I don't have any outstanding debts in Los Angeles. I don't have any feuds. I, there's nothing and nobody that I'm running away from in Los Angeles. And I could live very happily for the rest of my life in Los Angeles. But... I'm, at this point, I'm about 75% certain that I am going to move to Sydney. I have no history in Sydney. Probably prior to this trip, I've spent no more than a total of two weeks in Sydney in my life. But there's just such a high quality of life here. The beautiful beaches, virtually no crime, very little social dysfunction, and very little graffiti it's just relaxed, comfortable. It just feels like home. Bye-bye.